0: Abolish the federal and state financial incentives that have turned child protective services into a business that separates families for money. I have witnessed such injustice and harm brought to so many families that I am not sure if reform of the system is even possible. The system cannot be trusted. It does not serve the people. It obliterates families and children simply because it has the power to do so. Abolish the federal and state financial incentives that have turned child protective services into a business that separates families for money. I have witnessed such injustice and harm brought to so many families that I am not sure if reform of the system is even possible. The system cannot be trusted. It does not serve the people. It obliterates families and children simply because it has the power to do so.
1: Good evening and welcome to Rescue the Fosters. I am Gino your host and as always next to me and below me Miss Danielle Holm and Miss Sylvia Beachy co-founders and co hosts of Rescue the Fosters. Ladies how are you tonight?
2: Good how are you? It's been a day. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes it has I, I was part of the tech, so i know they have been very busy today extremely busy another day in the life of rescue the fosters it is always a busy job lots going on behind the scenes and uh yeah if you want to support rescue the fosters ladies let's just get that out of the way right off the top where can they support you
3: rescue uh, and you can donate our on our website um, or we, you can also, uh, mail to, oh, it's all on the website, rescuethefosters.org.
1: Yes. And we would greatly appreciate any donations for the cause. This is the most important cause I believe. And I, I'm sure everybody on the screen agrees the number one cause that needs to be supported in this country. Families are being torn apart needlessly and intentionally. And so we want to put an end to that. Ladies, will you, well, actually Danielle, will you go ahead and introduce our guest tonight?
2: Yes, I would love to. So Marissa and Sylvia and I are all on the trauma triage team on Awake Nation, and she's a fellow mother fighting for her child, but Marissa McGinnis is the founder of the hashtag MeToo family court movement, whose journey spans the domains of professional speaker management and clinical research Venturing into the creative realm, hashtag MeTooFamilyCore is crafting a narrative around trauma, Marissa is weaving together a compelling book, screenplay, and comedy series to explore healing with both depth and humor, which we all need. Beyond her creative endeavors, Marissa is passionately engaged in networking and collaboration for the hashtag MeToo family court movement. And so we are here to talk about that. Thank you for coming on. It is an honor, Marissa. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Yes, thank you so (laughs) much, Marissa. I'm excited to hear your story. Um, Another... Horrendous story, another atrocity in this nation committed by our court systems uh, that are not upholding justice. And you will find that out quickly as Marissa moves through her story. So Marissa, we're gonna give you the floor. We're gonna let you take it where you will. And I'm sure we will have comments and questions for you. Thank you again for coming on Rescue the Fosters.
4: Thank you so much. Well, um, I started a domestic violence recovery program, clinical research organization in 2019 and I officially opened the doors in August of 2021. Um, It started off as just a, a way to journal and I inevitably ended up creating a project, a passion project, which I felt was conducive to trying to end domestic violence in the cycles of abuse. So, um, when I opened up my domestic violence recovery program, clinical research organization in April of 2021, I had no idea that there are people who actually want domestic violence to continue, that it benefits them financially. So I started hashtag me to family court because, um, I had to close my domestic violence recovery program. I named it after Abraham Maslow who um, I later found out was connected to the Kinsey Report and that's when I found out that in fact Alfred Kinsey changed the legislation in our family court system and that inevitably is causing an implosion in the American family court system, as well as American families. And now it's spreading globally.
1: Well, yeah, Kinsey, I think uh, we'll, we'll go there in a little bit. I would love for you to touch on everything Kinsey has done to uh, tear families apart in this country, all the awful things that have been implemented even in our medical systems through the Kinsey Institute. but. Uh, we'll go there in a little bit, but can we just start at the beginning? Like, like, how did all of this happen for you, and, and why are you in this situation that you should have never been in from the first place?
4: So in 2009, I was on the Dr. Phil show for sibling abuse, and I had never even heard of sibling abuse. I didn't realize it was a thing. But as an advocate now, I understand that abuse is abuse, and there are several ways that abusers abuse victims. So the sibling abuse thing, that was the one of the first things that I learned about domestic violence, and I came to find out that domestic violence victims oftentimes, more often than not, don't even know that they are domestic abuse victims until well after it's already happened, so I was a witness to that situation in my own life, and I felt like it was not just a uh, a public duty for me to do that, but also I'm a I'm in the healthcare industry, and this is a global health crisis. So when you see something, you should say something. That's what they always say. And I did. And I haven't been heard. So here I am.
1: I would love to say this is a very uncommon thing that you haven't been heard. But it does seem like that is the norm nowadays, that anybody that wants to uphold any kind of justice or righteousness or anything that's moral has been suppressed. And I think we all understand why that's going on. It is this intentional thing of trying to tear families apart at the core and and destroy a country uh, without families you don't have a country I mean it's just that basic and simple so it's we're very glad that you're fighting that and trying to fight this corruption uh, at the grassroots level what 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 is like the next step how do you get this in the public's eye how, our big thing here has been trying to get awareness <clears throat> and I'm sure you've had a similar problems with this where it just seems like nobody wants to touch this thing with a 10 foot pole we've had great contacts i mean we've had some Mm -hmm. people in you know high-ranking media um, networks and and people in newspapers and people that have a lot of clout and they seem interested for a few seconds and then all of a sudden it's just like they've ghosted you like you'd never existed Um, i'm pretty sure this is a rhetorical question but have you experienced a similar type thing
4: Absolutely. Uh, a lot of our domestic violence survivors in our community experience, um, you know, the, I think that the, there are a couple different things going on. You have the flying monkeys. Those are the people who uh, appreciate the abuser and they go and they actually help the abuser. But then you also have people who are experiencing abuse in their own life, and there's just so many different situations, but I do feel like we are getting the word out. And I think that the way that we're able to do that is we can look at the the specific media outlets that are not going to be talking about this very important topic. Um, you know, anybody who is not going to get on board with us, uh, I believe they, they need to be uh, suspect of, you know, not getting the word out because this is a public health crisis. And the next step, in my opinion, is either creating our own media outlet and getting a more like a in-your-face uh, type of questions, just like they used to do back in the 80s and just exposing this and being a little bit more intolerant of these public health concerns. It's a nuisance. It really is.
1: Oh, man, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. where What happened to journalism? What happened to investigative reporting? I mean, it's I don't know if they paid these people off or, or the schools just aren't teaching them how to do it anymore. Or maybe it's a combination, but it's it's absolutely essential that the media do their job to expose whatever kind of darkness is out there, whether it's in our government, if it's in the private sector, in our you know homes and in, in medical uh, systems and science. But it just seems like all of that has disappeared and these people aren't doing their jobs and they're getting paid very well to not do their jobs.
4: It's incredibly dangerous to be a whistleblower, also. So there's that. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely the the corruption is out of control right now.
2: So Marissa, after 2009, when you were at, on the Dr. Phil show, and then leading to, I think you said 2020 is when you opened the doors to your organization in between those years, what do you, what did you experience with family court? Since we deal with a lot of families in family court, including myself, um, what is it that you experienced? If you could touch on that a little bit. So I, I did
4: enter the family court system for the first time in 2020. I got a death threat from my brother. And after having not spoken to him for uh, three years, I believe it was, and so my experience at that time was, it was quite different than how people were explaining how they couldn't get a restraining order against the father of their children, but yet I was able to get a restraining order so easily. It literally, I, I mean, it, it was pushed all the way through. So I thought that that was very interesting. Then I ended up trying to get a restraining order again against my former spouse. And that was a very different experience later on. So I do think that there's um, that experience did help me uh, also understand what other mothers and fathers were going through in the family court system. Because when I first opened up my domestic abuse recovery program, I had not been in the family court system yet. And to me, domestic violence was very separate from family court, because I assumed that it was handled like a criminal act, domestic violence. So, it definitely allowed me to expand my understanding of what reality really looks like in the American family court system.
1: And that shouldn't be far-fetched that you would think it would be handled like a criminal case. If somebody's abusing somebody or abusing multiple people, that's a crime. And why isn't the crime upheld in these in these court systems? That's what we need to ask. And I, I know you're going to touch on this here in a little bit, and I th- we've actually touched on this in some other shows uh, with some other guests that we've had on. But I think most people in general would think, well, of course, if there's an abuser, that person's just, you know, he's tried in a court and found guilty, and then he goes to jail for a set amount of time and maybe has to pay some, you know, retribution or something. But that's not what we're seeing.
4: Right. This actually really reminds me a little bit about what Angelina Jolie touches on in one of her interviews. And and she quotes the, you know, she talks about how when a stranger hurts a child, the law sees it one way. But if a family member abuses a child, the the court treats it very differently. So this goes back to Alfred Kinsey and at that time in the 1950s, he convinced all the United States senators in each state. It's like he went on a tour and he was a bug doctor, zoologist, a eugenicist, and he convinced all of them that he was a a child abuse expert and um he changed all of our laws that protect women and children at that time. So all of the laws were loosened because he said that it was our reaction to the abuse that was the problem. So if it's, if it's a family member, we need to forgive them and act like it never happened. There is an entire branch of therapy called ACBC Counseling, and it's all about forgiving your abuser and forgetting everything that happened, because that is the true disorder. We need to forgive the abuser.
1: As a Christian, I want to make it clear, I do forgive people, but crimes need to be punished that that doesn't mean forgiveness does not mean you let them live in the house and abuse you some more that's ridiculous like i can't believe people actually fall for this stuff and kinsey yeah i you know personally the guy was most likely abusing children that's from my you know reading and studying of this man um and you're right he was not he wasn't a child therapist or some psychologist or or uh even a a pediatric doctor i mean this guy was like you said working on animals and things like that and then all of a sudden he becomes the foremost expert on child care and families like goes on this tour i i actually forgot about that until you brought it up that he went on this tour and somehow convinced people that they need to listen to him and his it was just illogical and it makes no sense but Gosh, I'm so glad you bring that up because that is kind of the crux of why we're, where we're at. I mean, that's kind of the origins of this thing.
2: Marissa has actually done so much research on Kinsey. She is the Kinsey Report expert. Oh,
1: we need to do a show just <laughs> on the Kinsey Institute. That would be an amazing show because that is so critical to where we're at with Family Matters today. Uh, it. I don't, I don't know if many people even know who uh, Alfred Kinsey was. I'm sure people watching here probably do. But I know in general, in my own circles, no one would even know who this man was. Can you well, kind of give us a background?
4: Absolutely. He was the father of the sexual rights revolution. And if you want to know who the mother of the sexual rights revolution, that was a lady that started Planned Parenthood. Uh, she was also a eugenicist. That's Margaret Sanger. Um, Yes.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm -hmm. So, um, so Alfred Kinsey was like he, he, like you said, he was, he definitely was a child molester. That's for sure. If you go to the children of table 34 uh, and you Google that, it's all a chart on children. uh, He forced children to have orgasms and he trained people. Yeah, he trained people, he called them trained observers, he gave them a clipboard, a stopwatch and, um, and taught them how to record. And in scientific terms, uh, how the children were reacting to this, but children cannot consent. And this was all happening at the same time the Nuremberg trials was going on. So you know, the American public, they were very naive at that time. And I don't really necessarily blame them. Um, we were also just coming out of uh, what we were told that World War II was being, was stopped, right? Um, but I, I believe that this is, mo- this is most definitely part of a larger agenda. And you had brought up uh project paperclip earlier, relating to the 1400 or 1600, some odd um, uh, Nazi scientists Nazi scientist, that, yeah. that were absorbed into our medical community. And so Alfred Kinsey was the father of the sexual rights revolution, which inevitably started in California, in San Francisco, uh, near Marin County, where Dr. Sidney Gottlieb. Uh, lived and worked. And then you have the the sexual rights revolution being connected to the LSD, you know, hippie movement. And Dr. Sidney Gottlieb owned all of the LSD in the world because he purchased all of it for $2.5 million. So therefore, we can really see the epicenter of, you know, where all of this really kind of started. And people uh, manipulated the human beings off of having their, you know, sexual rights. Um, this man, Alfred Kinsey was revered because women felt exonerated from having any restrictions placed on them on their body but we should already you know know that that Mm -hmm. you know nobody is in charge of us but we're like oh dr alfred king's he's like he's the man you know we glorified we 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 Mm -hmm. idolatized idolatized him i don't know if that's a word but we you know we made him an idol Mm
0: -hmm. and
4: um maybe lot like made him kind of like hollywood just like we did with dr abraham maslow who participated in the kinsey report uh dr sigmund freud's um colleague was dr alfred kinsey's mentor so um you know psychology was definitely gla- glamorized here with uh dr alfred kinsey's um supposed research was it was really just child molesting
1: yeah it does seem like oh sorry go ahead (laughs) Daniel.
2: i was gonna say i have seen this psychology is a big thing to me i have my degree in psychology and i thought i wanted to do that at one point in my life i i started grad school i ended up quitting grad school because i started recognizing it is not what people think it is it is being used as a weapon Against families, against children, against women, against men too. But it's being used as a weapon, and uh, specifically towards victims—victims victims of abuse of all kinds. So I love that you talk about this.
4: Well, once I understood that uh, there are many people in in all different professions in the world, but specifically the psychology profession. And all you know, therapy, therapists, marriage counselors, social workers, uh, psychiatrists, psychologists—they're all different. They all have different ways of thinking. But the one thing that they all do have in common is a lot of them believe that they are social reformers. Yeah. So you're not just sitting in a chair. Uh, in somebody's chair having a conversation with them you're having a conversation with their agenda
1: oh gosh that marissa That's that is a such point. a great point that is a great yeah. point because it is their world view that they're pushing on us at the agenda and you know i thank god i think a bunch of people have kind of woken up over the last five six years to see this especially in the, the medical community and what's been done I've, i actually witnessed this kind of firsthand a couple of times where i was like wait a minute is this medicine or is this <laughs> your your idea of how things should go like this isn't science um you know you mentioned i want to just touch on real quick what you said about kinsey and how he he preyed upon women at the time because they were so suppressed in society And just kind of, you know, pushed into a closet, you'll be home and you'll cook dinner and you'll take care of the kid. Like it was this role that women were supposed to play back in in the uh, early days or in the uh, 20s and 30s and 40s uh, in America. And he preyed upon that by saying, hey, I'm going to give you your rights back. Right. And which they already had. They had control of their bodies, but he used it because of his sick perversions. Would you agree with that?
4: Absolutely. I think that there are just like so many different facets here, too, Um, because I mean, as I'm learning through as I'm researching this, I'm also learning at the same time and looking at my own um, perversions as well. And just so perversions, just so that we, we all know that we're on the same page, it just means, you know, stepping out of the norm. So, um, you know, nothing, you know, gross in that anyways. So, um, I do believe that, you know, there are, um, conditionings that I'm shedding, uh, other people's opinions of me was one of the first ones, but, you know, just understanding, you know, as a, as a woman myself and, and seeing, how they laid the foundation to dis- disrupt us and cause chaos within, you know, within our our women communities. So there is a psychology behind this. And Margaret Sanger, we briefly talked about earlier. She was the uh, she started the Planned Parenthood right? And her idea, her view was anybody who was of color or had disabilities, which would also include post-traumatic stress, uh, they needed to be plucked out like a weed. So Margaret Sanger was uh, friends with Kinsey. And I do believe that you know eugenics definitely played a part here and to understand eugenics you would have to understand that it it also is very much connected to the a psychology because what kind of person you know dehumanizes people so much that they think that they should that they should have some sort of choice in whether that person breeds or not. It's really, it's sick. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, like everybody else, my view is constantly changing and I'm constantly asking questions on how, how did this get to where right? the depravity? Uh, but I, the more I understand and the more I'm sharing with everybody. So,
1: you know, it's important to Note that Sanger uh, was Hillary Clinton's idol, and praised her many, many times. And you know, I know in our movement, it takes a village. Is not so popular <laughs> as it was when she was promoting it back in the in the '90s. Uh, and that would be a very Sanger-like move and Kinsey-like move. Um, and so it's important to know who these people are connected to politically, because then those agendas get funded by the taxpayer, obviously and then put out publicly and through our school systems and pumped through these poor kids' minds, uh, brainwashing them. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a mass MK Ultra project going on right now throughout America to, to brainwash the kids so that they grow up confused, they don't know what's right from wrong, and they can be easily manipulated and controlled.
4: It's not kind of, it, 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 it is. Actually,
1: yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was being grace, <laughs> graceful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no,
4: I mean, I just, I want people to understand, make, make no, make no, no mistake about it. This was already discussed by Dr. Judith Reisman. She wrote it down. Um, Dr. Alfred Kinsey, MK ultra Rockefeller. It's all connected. Rockefeller funded, the school system, and he also funded the Kinsey report. And he was also a eugenicist. We have this the Smithsonian that has like, this brain research, you know, trying to prove that, um, you know, white, the white people brain has is more superior than any other brain. Um, You know, it's, it's all very connected and correlated. And once you look at the so I have the the Kinsey connection flowchart, and um, I probably should have sent that to you guys. But it's all a connect the dots, and then in, in the center you've got Alfred Kinsey, and then you've got uh, Rockefeller, and I, you, There's like twelve dots on this entire. I made it like a clock. So do you have that?
1: Do you have that available on your computer you're on right now? Cause you could put it in the chat yeah, uh, here on uh, I would like to put that up for the audience.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, sure.
1: Rockefeller obviously tied to pharmaceuticals. Um, like all, all these people who should have never been around science or medicine somehow gained access to all of it and control everything, which is very disgusting and disturbing at the same time. Sylvia, what are you thinking so far? You look like the wheels are turning. Well,
3: I have so much to say about domestic (laughs) violence. Um, My life was filled around it. Um, Actually, when I met Danielle, I was fighting for my friend, Michelle Dvorak, um, who I found that was an abusive relationship and she was being abused for 21 years and I was trying to get her out of it. But what we found was that every time we would call the police, the police would just arrest them, keep them for a few hours and then put them out. And they never did any investigation on this. And and I was going through all the departments and trying to figure out what was going on. So uh, I also have another friend that was uh, trying to get her friend out of a domestic violent relationship. And uh, she ended up with a bullet in her uh, back and her mom was uh, gunned down too. So domestic violence is something that I'm very passionate about. Um, it's something that I don't take lightly Uh, it's something that we really need to stand up for these families and we're seeing it in the court system so much right now where they are literally taking the children and they're giving them to the abusers Mm -hmm. Um, and it just really uh, it just really hurts my heart that these people are so cruel that people don't care they don't care I remember just going and saying trying to get someone to investigate uh Dane Dvorak uh and trying to get someone to look into him and they never would look into him. He's still running free they've never investigated him he has money um and he is um he had he had an attorney he had an attorney before he even contacted me. So, you know, this is something that we really need to raise awareness. And this is something that I'm so thankful that you, Marissa, are raising awareness and that you have taken a stand uh, because it was a battle between domestic violence and, uh, uh, you know, child protective services. But I, I think they go hand in hand, uh, especially with the cases that we're seeing where the kill- the children are being placed and unsafe environments.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like weird stuff going on to um, like child trafficking and like um, on on specifically on the uh, children of table 34. Um, and just so you know, I'm not very good. Um, I'm trying to send this. Uh, to myself. I'm trying to email it. I did send it to Danielle.
2: You know, I just emailed it to you. Okay. Do you have access, Gino, quickly enough?
4: So, but my point is is that there's if you look at the children of table 34, on the very bottom of that uh, table, he writes something like the there's frequencies, increased frequency, And, oh, oh, here it is. Um, But the, um, I do believe that there are people who, you know, are, I know this sounds so weird. And just, just so you know, it's, it's not what I believe, but there are people that, you know, are sick in the head and they believe in instilling fear into children and sacrificing them yeah. for their uh for the fear in their blood. And I also believe it has a you know something to do perhaps with the so called increased frequencies during um you know the raping of these children,
2: if that makes that- sense yeah that's true so how they function is they will put these children into fear and like you said it raises their frequencies and then it it raises the adrenaline and everything else in their blood in, in on a cellular level and then after they put the child in so much fear they actually drain that child and and inject their blood into their own body and it gives them like a high and a rush and it they believe it increases their own frequency. That is their belief. So they do these sick, disgusting things to children and put them in fear on purpose because they believe it's giving them power.
1: Everybody in this chat understands the adrenochrome aspect of this yeah. and, and how it functions and it's yeah it's absolutely abhorrent and disgusting it needs to end um so the what the email one I, I don't know it wasn't opening very good but i it's on your website you actually so i think i can just i just,
4: I just put I... it in the chat
1: oh you oh, did okay great there go. excellent okay <laughs> okay let me do so that this though. is
4: Let's... this is the petition uh but in the chat i put the actual kinsey connection flowchart
1: Ah yeah, um, perfect. Okay, great.
4: Yep. So we've got, zoom in a little. we've got. We've uh, got right in the center there, Dr. Alfred Kinsey. Uh, at the very top, you've got Dr. Sigmund Freud, along with. Oh,
1: oh you froze up.
4: She's frozen. This was just yep. I'm not very good at graphics, but this is you, um, so you this actually
1: Marissa, you froze up there for about 20 seconds. We didn't hear anything.
4: Oh, sorry <laughs> about that.
1: Yeah. No, that's OK. It's just zoom.
4: Um, so uh, so, yeah. So at the very top there, I wasn't really sure how connected uh, Dr. Sigmund Freud and Dr. Robert Dickinson were going to be in this chart. But um, I later on added uh, Rockefeller because I knew that that would be uh, perhaps controversial, along with Planned Parenthood and Dr. Richard Gardner. All the little squiggly line ones, those are the last three that I added. But the most compelling to me were Dr. Fritz von Baljusek, who is the red dot. He's located at, I would say, I guess that's uh, (laughs)
0: 230. The red dot.
4: Dr. Fritz von Baljusek, he was a Nazi pediatrician who molested over 900 children in his life. And at the time of his arrest for the sexual assault and murder of a 10-year-old girl, he was found with correspondence from Alfred Kinsey telling him to please avoid uh, being caught, to be careful. Then you've also got, uh, at 3 o'clock, Dr. John Money, transgender uh ideologist who definitely um participated in the sexual assault of a pair of twins that he transgendered one of them um then you've got alistair crowley who uh the self-proclaimed um he called himself the mark of the beast yeah the uh, beast
1: We just talked about him on my Sunday show, actually.
4: Yeah, A Satanist who, um, his best friend was uh, the photographer for Dr. Alfred Kinsey uh, during his um, studies. I don't even want to call them studies. Um, His perversions. Then you've got the United Nations on here. Um, Because Dr. Alfred Kinsey created SICUS, which is the Sexual Information Education uh, Council of the United States. And they have a heavy hand in the UN. And the UN was also being built at this time in the 1940s. So just so everybody's aware of that, I think it's really important. Gandhi was assassinated around this time by a detransitioner. Also, we have to look at what was going on in the 1940s to really understand chronologically, the implications of all this as well. So then we have the ACLU after Planned Parenthood. um, And the ACLU, uh, Morris Ernst was Dr. Alfred Kinsey's lawyer. So they protected him. Then you've got Dr. Richard Gardner, who uh, his practices are still being uh, used today to separate children from parents after the disclosure or allegation of sexual assault. He is the ideologist of the parental alienation, um, which is in the courts today. So then you have Hugh Hefner, who after reading the Kinsey Report, decided that he wanted to become the Kinsey Pamphleteer. And that's when Playboy magazine was born. And um, that was disseminated across the globe. You've got Supreme Court Judge Williams O. Douglas um, writing articles for Playboy magazine, as well as Judge Arthur Goldberg. Um, You know, then you've got like Larry Flint and all of the degradation of society kind of uh, imploding after that. Then you've got Dr. Abraham Maslow, who I named after or my company I named after him. He uh, is the American psychologist who published the hierarchy of needs in the 1940s, and he added sex to the basic needs at the same time he was participating in the Kinsey Report. I did not know that until uh, it was Christmas Eve of 2022. So, um, And then you have uh, every Senator in the United States, all 50 of them met with Alfred Kinsey and he convinced the American people than that, um, you know, that we need sex, that we are more depraved than we think. And we need to start normalizing these things. Alfred Kinsey said that he hated America. He hated um, American Judeo-Christian values. And I do believe that, you know, as a, as a a zoologist and a bug doctor i think that and he was really into wasps too um but i do believe he dehumanized people
1: i could definitely see that for sure
2: what is interesting about all of this you mentioned the 1940s and as you're talking about that i brought this up where I found this, where it says in 1935, as part of President Roosevelt's economic new deal to save the nation from ruin after the depression, Congress passed the Social Security Act. In addition to old age pensions, unemployment insurance, and vocational services, the Social Security Act created aid to dependent children, which provided millions of dollars to states to support poor families. Tucked away in the Social Security Act was an obscure provision that authorized the Children's Bureau to cooperate with state public welfare agencies in establishing, extending, and strengthening, especially in predominantly rural rural areas, child welfare services. For the protection and care of homeless, dependent, and neglected children and children in danger of becoming delinquent. So that was all after 1935, around the same time as all of that in the 1940s. So that's pretty crazy. You're muted, Gino.
1: All of them working always happens once a show, at least. but at least Sylvia didn't get on me that time about it. <laughs> she restrained herself. <laughs> it's an in- it's an inside joke, Marissa. Every time I'm doing a show, I at least mute myself once or twice. So uh, I'm getting better. No, it's I was saying it's an incestuous relationship. These people, like they all they're all in bed together, literally and and figuratively. Um, mm-hmm. And you're you know you're mentioning judges for crying out loud. Supreme Court judges were hanging out with Hugh Hefner and writing articles for Playboy magazine. I mean. That should tell you all you need to know that the, in, and I know we used the perversion word earlier as not sexually, but in this case, I'm going to use it sexually. These people were perverts, all mm-hmm. of them. That's what yeah. they were delving into. And they did. I do believe they looked at humanity much different than you and I would. They look at it like they're animals. Um, this is where it, the evolution, if you look into evolution and in Darwin and, All that he was bringing forth it it, this all ties into why they think this way because if we're just animals you can control the animals you don't have to obey any upper you know higher moral law uh you can just look at someone like an animal and do whatever you want or please because you're fitter than they are eugenics
4: Uh, was actually started by darwin's cousin that's right
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah, and that's, so that's an important cool. thing to know. I and I know again, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. Everybody on this platform, they pretty much understand all this stuff. Uh, but it's great to reiterate it for those that maybe are just starting to wake up to some of this stuff and realize, oh my gosh, like I didn't know it was this sick. I didn't know. I didn't realize the system was this broken. And and now it's infiltrated. You know, fast forward what uh, almost what 80 years, and you're in 2023. And people are scratching their heads like, well, why is this all happening? Why is all this chaos happening? This is why. It, it took them well, a while, but these people play the long game.
4: So the MKUltra studies, apparently, according to them, uh, the government, uh, MKUltra ended in 1972, I believe.
3: Mm-mm. So
4: if you were born... Um You know, anytime between 1940 to 1972, you most definitely were exposed to the MK Ultra Mind Control project. And you don't know how you were affected by it until you begin to wake up to it and realize how it specifically affected you and your family. So the average age of a child abuse victim coming forward is 55 years old. So it's all kind of coming, you know, people are waking up and um, World War II didn't end that long ago. We are most definitely still being affected by ideologies associated with that movement. And it definitely was a movement to eradicate you know certain groups off of the planet that's been the ongoing you know struggle since the beginning of time people mm-hmm. are trying to constantly uh commit total world domination bloodline wars yep mm-hmm. and and women are uh weapons of war that these men use and um, understanding that, that can really wake you up to all of these atrocities and understanding, you know, being a woman has certain implications, whether you want to participate in it or not. It's too too late. It's already been decided for you.
2: You muted.
1: Number two. <laughs> okay there's my quota for the night <laughs> it, it's interesting that the ta- taxpayer money is what's oiling the jaws of this machine and we have control i mean honestly if the people would just enough people woke up and said enough you're not getting well, another dime out of our wall you know, that's what needs to happen
4: i just got some really exciting news out of massachusetts diana DeZoglio, state auditor she is finding some very interesting statistics coming out of Massachusetts. So she pushed to get an audit done on Massachusetts and they pushed against it, but it's too late. We're going to audit these people. We want to know where the funding for the Violence Against Women Act, where that went. And uh, I hope to, I hope to God that we get like a cookie cutter way on how to do auditing across the United States.
1: It needs now, to happen.
2: When, when you when you say auditing, do you mean like it, auditing family court? Yes, auditing all the judges,
4: all okay everybody, uh, all the way up to the politicians, um, I, the schools we want to know how, how many, so in Massachusetts, they talked about at least 150 students were molested by teachers or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, but they said that there's no real way of, of learning what the real number is, because a lot of these get settled outside of court, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe that that audit will reveal those numbers, those funds that were allocated to silencing victims.
2: Yeah. That would be, heartless. yeah, that'd be really good for right now. Really good timing. I'm actually from Massachusetts originally. I don't live there now, but that's where I was born and raised. And right now we have a good friend, Chris, who's dealing with Massachusetts and a really horrific Uh, situation he's being abused by the government gangsters so that would be helpful for his case I'm hoping Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of judges and stuff involved in his situation so yeah
4: I mean any any chance to shed light on numbers because numbers don't lie and abusers love to financially abuse that Mm -hmm. it's one of their favorite go-to's for power and control So silly, silly, silly uh, people, because hello, numbers don't, numbers don't lie. We're going to figure it out. So I hope that they enjoyed all those lavish Mm -hmm. vacations, thinking that they were going to get away with this, but you can't, you cannot disrupt the most intimate relationship there is in the entire world between a mother and her child and think that you're going to get away with it
1: amen yep follow the money always follow the money that's where you know the corruption is yeah they're not going to get away with it if this thing could be cookie cuttered like you said oh my gosh yeah bring it to all the rest of the 49 states and let's let's go let's figure it out Let's yeah. expose yeah. these people. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, Mercy. I don't know if you can tell my voice. <laughs> I'm irritated. I was kind of irritated all day, so this is really getting me even more irritated. Same. Um, well, you
4: too. Yeah, I did uh, had a bad day too. We I need was. That. We need that. Yeah. All we of need us. More of that. I yeah. want to bring it. You know, we should be upset. We are funding right. this. We are paying for our own abuse. True. We are paying for other people's abuses. And it's, it's got to stop. So yeah, bring, bring more of that. I'm down.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I said the same thing. I don't know what, where you stand with the whole pandemic. I call it the pandemic, but um, you know, I, I was um, I'm all for auditing the hospitals also uh, to yes. show, show what actually happened in the hospitals. And I asked, I don't know if you know who Dr. Zelenko was. He's actually, his company is one of the sponsors here on insight channel. Um, and I got to talk to him, he was on another podcast and I called in and I talked to him and I asked him, I says, you know, my number one concern of this so-called pandemic is I want audits. I want audits of what really happened and what people were being treated with in those hospitals. And he said, it's impossible. He says, it's just, it, I, I, he says, it's a good idea, but it's just impossible. I don't think it's impossible. I think anything's possible if people stand up and say, I want to know, because these hospitals made a killing literally and figuratively mm-hmm on, I you know, how many people didn't get to go see their grandma when they, when she was dying in the hospital or their grandfather or their mom and dad, or people didn't have, what about misdiagnosis or what about people that were supposed to go in for, you know, to get a scan for, you know, a bad kidney and then they die of kidney failure six months later because they had to wait because of these, you know, the so-called science. Um, I think all of this together is the same people. It's, it's the same club. We're not part of it. They have their own little group, and they have had control for so long. The arrogance and the hubris is at an all-time high with these people. But I honestly, like, I don't know if I said this on air before, but I do believe this Babylonian system is coming down. It, it, it's First of all, I think God is behind it most of all, and then it's us, the people, we need to do something. We have to be his feet and hands. And I'm I'm all for it. I'm in 100% because I'm done with it. My kids need to grow up in an America that I got to enjoy as a child, even though I didn't know all this stuff was actually going on as a kid, but I did have some freedoms. My kids don't even have now. So I'm. Including an Afro. Well,
4: I do believe, I do believe that, you know, we as, uh, as a collective have relied so heavily on the experts. Right. And we have done so to our own demise, perhaps, and we oh. have glamorized a certificate, you know, a, a piece of paper, just like we have done, you know, with money. But mm-hmm. um, it it really is going to take all of us to understand that, you know, maybe maybe we've been participating in something that's not so good. And now that we know, now we can turn this around. Um, I, as a taxpayer, didn't know that I was funding this. But now that I know, and I'm a public, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a, a healthcare professional, it's my duty to alert everybody that we are funding this and it needs to stop. So we have to collectively figure out how we're going to do it. I'm only one person. So I'm asking everybody else to join in with me. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't know um, a lot of things that I was participating in. And when you call it the pandemic, you know, it is possible. I did find it very suspect that the Spanish influenza was started by our military boys in Kansas a hundred years ago. You know, it could be the a Fibonacci code of sorts there you go. Yeah. to try to figure out how to control the masses and how do you do it? But you do it through through the women because that's the closest place to heaven that you're ever going to get. That's where children are made.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Marissa, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. A, gosh, so many great points. Uh But it's. The pandemic thing for me was I, I've I've been awake for a long time. Like I, you know, nine eleven. Within months, I kind of figured it out. Something was going on. Like you know, the, you look back at JFK, what they did to him, and who he was calling out at the time. Three letter agencies. It's, like, it's the same players. So it's not this big, complicated network where it's so big and large that we can't bring it down. No, I think it's the the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and you know, it's all built it? on sand. <laughs> Do you what know who started that? the FBI? Uh, well, isn't Hoover. That, uh, well, Bush Bush was part of uh, CIA, but FBI was yeah, Edgar Hoover, right?
4: Napoleon Bonaparte's great grand nephew was uh, he started the FBI? Really? And he almost became uh, the president
1: oh my gosh no i had no idea about that i thought i knew a lot but <laughs> that, 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 never heard that one interesting
4: yeah i mean there are people out there who i think would be okay with communism and they don't even realize
1: it oh my gosh i always yeah. thought it was well, another yeah.
2: yeah another point i wanted to mention because it goes along with what you're saying because this country has a problem with idolatry that's first thing and so everybody follows who the greatest celebrity is and the greatest celebrity could be leading you to your death like the pied piper and you wouldn't know because you're idolizing the person so there's that um but also um what i was going to mention too is i forgot now so
4: well let me just take it from there because i absolutely agree with you about the idolatry and celebrities because um studies show that society does tend to make their choices based on what celebrities do. And so we have, you know, Mm -hmm. Disney and we've got Barbie, you You know, know, and, 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 um, astronauts, you know, we glorify, we glamorize these people. We make them celebrities and, you know, the, there is a thing called black and white thinking. So, you have to remember that a person is just a person and they, they have a flaw somewhere. So you always have to be looking and questioning, you know, who has that flaw, um, you know, or where that flaw is. And I do believe that we have to reach into our, our core and, and lean on our faith, but a lot of people weren't taught you know, yeah. That, you know.
2: I do remember what I was gonna say too. Um, so basically what I have realized, which is very important for people to think about, is people that have been in the system in like government positions, medical positions, they've invested a lot of their life, a lot of their time into education and studying and work and now they're supporting their family with this income. And a lot of them are afraid to admit the truth once they realize it. So they're in denial because they don't want to lose all of their invested time and money. And so they continue on with the lie. I see that a lot. People are too afraid to step away from the lies because of how much time they've invested, but they have to understand if we all come together, we understand that we've all been lied to, all of us oh yeah this is definitely mm-hmm. going to
4: affect our um uh the nasdaq right it's definitely going to affect our financial uh situation i think that we're going to figure out once we move through this movement because we're we are bringing this to america mm-hmm. we're bringing this to the globe where we're starting a movement so I definitely do believe that it is going to affect our, our finances in a very positive way. And it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how it affects uh, the homeless population and, um, you know, and all that. So I'm excited. I'm excited. We it, I, I see hope in the future for us. I do, too. We all do. <laughs>
1: yeah. We have created problems. Most of these things can go away. Even the the hunger issue in, in most of these countries, it's their governments that are restraining it. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the UN. It's all these it's not because we can't grow things or like there's plagues all over the place. Like there's they're all man-made stuff. It's to create chaos, and out of the chaos, they bring their own order. That's what they want. They want their own control. They want the new world order, whatever you're calling it these days, you know, the cabal, all that. It's the same people. It's always been and always will until we eliminate that problem. Uh, And by eliminating it, I don't mean we just go out and kill people. I'm talking about like defunding them Um, and and putting our own currencies out there. I'm with you, Marissa. I think on the other side of this, there's going to be a lot of people that have big hearts and great hearts, charitable hearts that are going to be doing great things in this revival that's coming i call it the harvest uh, the bible calls it the harvest and and i do that i see that day coming where there's going to be just a tremendous outpouring of love and patience and all those things that we used to have before the cabal took took control of this stuff you know and you also mentioned earlier that you know it's it's up to we the people especially the moms right and moms have so much power just like you said the mother has so much power and we saw that in the mama bear movement Going up against crt and the school boards i mean they were removing we school saw, boards overnight we also, yeah.
4: we also saw it uh during the cold war mothers mm, yeah, that's a good point the cold war the mothers that's of the revolution good. so we are strong when we get you know next to each other and and join each other
2: and i do believe that it the day is here I agree, Marissa. It is here. That's why you're here with us. And we're all doing it. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't refute
4: science. Absolutely. And I, I do believe that, um, you know, Dr. Gabor Mate, Dr. Romani, Dr. Charlotte Proudman, Dr. Christine Cociola, all of these, all of these great pioneers in ending domestic violence through our court system we're all coming together and we're putting up uh, a very fierce front against these perpetrators
1: Hmm. Hmm. oops sorry just what is the what is the penalty for these people in your opinion what needs to happen
2: so
4: well i i'm kind of uh (laughs) I'm kind of sadistic in in this way a little bit there. I mean, I'm also a a comedian too, so I do tend to think outside of the box, right? But whatever happened to a good old stoning? (laughs) I mean, seriously, if it's bad enough, a bunch of moms can show up and each arm themselves with, you know, stones and throw stones at, you know, the individual who has perpetrated against the children. Um, I, like I mean, it, it could be, it could be one stone. It could be 500 stones. I think it would just really kind of be up to the public opinion on how many stones to throw. I've toyed around with that idea and that might get, you know, a lot of double takes and, you know, <laughs> that might get the conversation going at least. We have to continue the conversation somehow, some way, and we have to think outside of the box. So, I mean, I definitely, um... You know, would love to see something where you know, tattoo a, a you know, an M on their forehead, so you know that they've touched a child someday. Mm. um, You know, oh, and an M I for Marissa, that. and M for molester. <laughs>
1: uh,
4: You're red, but but Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely a, a good old flogging never hurt a child molester so bad that he died. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I just I really think that that these um, individuals, uh, if they are shown evidence, because here's another thing that, that I, I um, I've thought about, because in Australia, child molesters are very rampant, apparently, according to the statistics, one in five Australian men um, are attracted to children. So it just, it's really, it it's gotten me thinking that this is so bad, right, that it needs to be addressed in a way that um, they understand that there is scientific research that supports if they sexualize a child, that that causes brain damage, and the reason why they think it's okay is because they are brain damaged. So you cannot fight science. I don't think that child molesters know this. I I think that they think that they are loving Ooh. a child. They do. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do. Yeah. So it's
3: really sick.
4: I think that we need to do a massive campaign indicating that you know pornography because that's where this the mo- one of the mm-hmm. most common factors yeah. here is pornography, monkey yeah. see, monkey do, images of sexual activity, and you look at it that changes your brain. You're not susceptible to no. um, to fighting this if you are a human being and you look at sexual images it changes your brain yeah. and the more you watch it the more difficult it is to be um you know like uh i don't know turned on like normally you know mm-hmm. that's the only Best way I can describe it. I apologize, but. No,
1: that's that's exactly what it is. It creates this it, false fantasy in people's heads. And then they got to, eventually they want to act it out. They're not just going to live it well, out in their brains.
4: The, there was a research study that was done on a chimpanzee and they uh, did these receptors, hooked these receptors up to his brain, gave him a little button to uh, push the button and um, give himself an orgasm. And I think he ended up like killing himself because he was like, you know, like going crazy with it. And so if you, if you get that kind of reaction from watching, you know, pornography, I mean, and there's no, um, you know, um, restrictions on it. We've got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And got an entire generation of people who are brain damaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it completely rewires the brain. It causes brain damage. It does something on a cellular level. And then for men, especially because they're so visual, all they see is the visuals. Mm -hmm. And then in real life, the person they're with is not good enough anymore. And then it turns violent for a lot of people. Well, it's actually the, the male brain is more malleable than the female brain. Right, so
4: it's uh it's easier to be to create that neural pathway that leads you down that road. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: for sure. I believe it should uh, be banned.
1: Gpat Gpat one over in Rumble says that it should be banned too. Um, I I don't know. See, this is the problem with free speech. Okay, free speech allows for a lot of things, um, and. So like you know, there's certain things obviously you can't say you know fire in a in a what is it a movie theater or something like that okay. There's things that are logical. Me personally, if it was up to me, pornography is banned. Absolutely, it's it's disgraceful. It de it dehumanizes women and men, um, and just like you said, it creates these neural pathways that want to act out upon their desires, their lust. I mean, that's just that's the fallen nature of human beings. That's where it leads. It leads to a very dark place. I've known, I'll tell you what, in the churches, 50% of pastors that were polled on, and I forgot what the number was, it was like 5,000 pastors or something, 50% of them had a porn addiction. Mm -hmm. That's a real problem. These are the people leading congregations, churches. So it's it's a real problem we have here and it needs to be addressed let's let's rewind a little bit because the stoning thing we had a comment (laughs) my good friend curious patriot said i like old school stoning bury them with only their heads sticking up then get the stones (laughs) it's a little little morbid but okay i me personally i am all for the death penalty if it's proven without a shadow of a doubt that you've harmed a child it's the death penalty i'm sorry um it's to me there's just no you cannot have tolerance for this and i'll tell you what if it's publicly displayed that's a deterrent for sure lots of people that want to act out on these fantasies of theirs might think twice if they saw people being executed for these crimes it's been Mm -hmm. a slap on the wrist at best in most courts across the nation and now it's accepted i mean nambla and all these other you know groups are trying to push this garbage saying oh kids have a mind of their own and they have their own desires and they should be able to act out them with, without you know a parent's consent like are you nuts like a kid i saw <laughs> there was a great tiktok video you maybe you've seen it where a dad had his like five-year-old son out and they're sitting at this like picnic table and he says okay which one do you want and he has like ten thousand dollars in cash or a candy bar and the kid picked the candy bar, right? So It's like, he, he was just showing like, okay, kids don't know anything. Like he just wants to eat a piece of candy. He could care less about money at that point. And, and they're trying to say, okay, this a five and six year old has the right to make up its own mind to decide what they want to do sexually. Are you kidding me? Like, how yeah, sick I is mean, that?
4: So that's the marshmallow effect that you were just uh, touching on there where um, that was a psychological experiment. Called the marshmallow effect, where kids they can't make their brain doesn't work that way. They can't make those kinds of decisions. But mm-hmm. going back to what we were talking about earlier about images, uh, Doctor Sigmund Freud, I believe he realized that images cause sexual images cause brain damage. Um, he was a botanist and, uh, he was into neuroscience. So I think that he realized that trauma affects the brain in that kind of way. And that pornography is the way to do it. And that's that he wanted to destroy America.
3: Well, I just have to say from working with sexually abused kids, um, pornography is way too easy for them to access and especially on kid youtube um that's where it's prominent and this is what they go to because it becomes their norm um i mean it's the only thing that makes them feel normal uh, other than that they can't function and when mm-hmm. it, when you talking about like what should happen to someone that molests a child or abuses a child i've I've worked with sexually abused kids where they could not function to even get out of the bed, and I think there are numerous ways that I could get creative and making sure that they paid for their sins.
2: I um, go straight to the Bible. What does it say? Millstones.
3: Millstone. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Done.
2: Millstones.
1: Yeah. It's I. I got a lot of ideas too. I think we could put them in a hat and just pull things out. These people should be scared. I'm sick of mm-hmm. of, of the, the people that are actually trying to live a, a good life and a moral life. And these people are running the show on everything, making horrible decisions for our families. There's intentionality behind it. It's, it's all constructed behind the scenes using our money, our hard-earned money for their sick passions and desires. Like, I'm done with it. I know the girls are done with it. I know everybody in the Sit audience down. is done with it. But it's time it's time for action. We have to be proactive. There's no more sitting around. Oh, the you know, the, our senator is going to take care of it or our governor will take it. They're not going to do anything. They're no. all being paid through this system. They they're they're gonna... they
2: don't follow
4: rules. Yeah. No. Well, according to David Eastman out of Alaska, representative Dave Eastman says that it gets argued periodically that children dying from neglect and abuse is actually a benefit to society. So he's letting us know that this is a widely discussed, often discussed topic. So you can just throw in women in there too, into that statistic. That there are um, constituents who believe that women and children dying from neglect and abuse and abuse is a benefit to society, talking dollars.
1: So survival of the fittest, too. I mean, he would probably, sure he would subscribe to the old Darwin theories, right?
4: Well, he was homeschooled and somehow ended up going to West Point. Uh, He was in charge of family values and he's a lifetime oath keeper. (laughs) And he also believes that women... Uh, want to um get pregnant and have abortions on purpose so they can travel to the United States and get
1: what was what was this guy's name again? I'm to uh, David
4: Eastman, yeah, Eastman. okay, David Eastman. Wow, and um, yeah, he he thinks mm. that children dying from neglect and abuse is a good thing, and he was videotaped talking about this and he was in some sort of Congress meeting and he was just very nonchalant. And the person that he was speaking to was taken aback and was like, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> so it was all over the web for a while.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that is really sick. You mentioned one thing that I didn't want to pass by. You said the average age of someone that's been abused um, is 55 when they come out and actually start discussing it? Ch-
4: child abuse specifically. Child abuse. Okay. Yes. Um, the average child abuse survivor doesn't come forward until they're, on average, 55 years old. And uh, abuse can actually reduce your life by 20 years. And the average age of, um, you know, for us to survive is like, I think, 77. So that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for survivors to get their message out. So I do implore survivors to please come forward with your stories so that way the rest of us don't have to.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Marissa, is there anything else you wanted to add before we uh, end the show?
4: Um, please check out my, uh, abolish the family court system, um, change.org. And, uh, I haven't looked to see how many people have signed it yet, but we seem to be getting a, a steady influx coming in and, and getting more familiar with the Kinsey connection flow chart. We have many supporters. We have many moms and grandmothers that are coming together and uh, wanting to end domestic violence and um, to discuss alternative ways on how to create a better future for all of us.
3: Marissa, did you send that one to me?
4: Which one? The,
3: um, the, um, where we can sign it and share it.
2: Yeah, I I have it. I can email it again to you.
1: Okay. It's on the it's on the website. Uh also you can go and visit Marissa on X at uh Mas, Maslow Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> love love it. Uh and then also on TikTok, Me To Family Court. Yes, and, thank
4: uh, you. I was watching
1: so I was watching some of these videos today. They're great. Thank thank you for sharing. Thank yeah. You. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for coming on, Marissa. Just so much information. We'd love to have you back. I would love to just do a yes. segment on Kinsey, if you could talk about Kinsey and all, and all that, because <laughs> that is the origins of this. That's the genesis of all the nightmares we are going through right now. And yeah, uh, all I mean, his sick ideas.
4: There were a lot of moving parts to this, but um, if you understand uh, a little bit about the triangle strategy, uh, you understand that there are several moving pieces, but as long as you hold on to at least one focal point, you can succeed. So we're going to yeah. we're gonna pivot the perpetrator and we're going to fire back. We're going to use artificial intelligence and um, we're going to get these guys.
1: <laughs> we are going to get them. We're coming. I, they need to be scared. They need to be scared of the public. Like, they really enough should is enough. because
3: we are sadistic when we think about getting them back. <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I will not be in that category. I do want the death penalty, but I don't, I, you know, I I'm
3: have not, these I get, kids. I've I get the it. sentiment. I definitely
1: understand. Yeah. I understand it. Like they're, trust me, my, my human flesh nature would love to tear them limb from limb as a man. I mean, like you don't. I can't even imagine somebody touching any of my children, you know, three of them are adults, but, uh, I mean, like if, if I ever, Oh man, I remember when target was letting, you know, men go in women's bathrooms, I told my wife, I said, God help that guy that goes in a bathroom when my daughter's in there. (laughs) Well, there has not tolerated.
4: There has been a bomb at, uh, Australia family court. So, I mean, you shouldn't mess Mm -hmm. with a, 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 a person and their children that just, it incites violence.
1: Sure does. And
4: um, this is war. I mean, you're. It is war. Make, make no mistake about it. If you come for the for my family, and you're coming for other families, you you have incited war, and we're not going to tolerate it. I don't know what these people mm-hmm. were thinking. Um, I mean, I do know that you know at the turn of each century, there seems to be another pandemic. And they just want to push and push and push and see how far they can take us. But this time we understand that they, they came after native American children. Mm-hmm. They came after divorced families. They came after the children. They came after the education. And once you're able to understand that they came after the kids during a pandemic, hmm I mean, mm-hmm. what else is there to say? Like the rest of us are trying to get through a pandemic and you're trying yes. to go get after our kids. That's just weird.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. Psychopaths. <laughs> oh, gosh, it makes me sick thinking <laughs> about this stuff. But I'm so glad that like I am in a weird way, I'm glad I'm part of this time in in history like because we are the ones that are going to be in the real history books not the revisionist history going forward that that actually overturned the system and uh help bring freedom back and i'm just so thankful for women like yourselves that are in the fight every day and doing the hard work um i get to see it firsthand with sylvia and, and danielle every day like just knowing that it's non-stop like they're they're working their regular jobs and yet they're on the phone they people are calling them emailing i mean they're trying to work court cases, like it's insane, like the amount of workload and and lack of sleep they both get just due to, you know, fighting the good fight. And I'm sure Marissa, it's the same for you.
4: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, when I first started Maslow's mirror, um, I was working around the clock wanting to elevate it because this is a global problem. So, I would get, uh, you know, maybe six hours of sleep, sometimes only a couple and then wake up to talk to somebody in Scotland or, you know, Ireland or whatever. And um, moms are coming together. They should be afraid. I hope that they're not afraid. I hope that they aren't even (laughs) paying attention because we're going (laughs) to. We're going to come in like a thief in the night and we're going to snatch us from their beds like they're doing in the reunification camps with children. Mm. The kids are coming. The moms are coming. The protective parents are coming. And I just hope that they they get taken care of swiftly. That's all I'm hoping for.
2: Yes.
1: Absolutely. Amen. Um, All right, audience, audience, you guys can, we did start um, the Insight, podcast now so if you want only audio you can go to iHeartRadio, radio pandora spotify or apple uh what is it called apple Podcasts. i think we're also on Podbean. i didn't even know that i just i think i just found it out yesterday so i got to check into that but uh yeah if you want to just listen to the audio you can go to that we're also on rumble obviously twitter and foxhole uh, appreciate you guys as always thank you so much for the cookies over there curious thank you for the gifts um guys um Oh, by the way, if you go to the podcast, you have to type in "insight" in the search bar. I N S I T E, and then you'll find the shows there. I will upload this one as soon as we're done. So within half hour, forty five minutes, this will be up on all those platforms. And uh, I actually like that. I kind of like the old school radio type feel. Um, yeah, tonight, you know, we had cool. we did we did have a graphic, so obviously you wouldn't be able to see the graphic. You'd have to go to Rumble or or over here. Thank you, Curious. Appreciate that. Thank you um all right guys well thank you so much marissa oh man you're gonna have to come back for sure we definitely need you to come (laughs) back and let's talk kinsey for an hour hour and a half and lay it all out for the folks to see and we could you know if you have graphics and charts and all that stuff we can ahead of time we'll have you email them over and i'll be ready for you we'll load them up here in the program and uh go through it systematically
4: i love it sounds good i already have my my wheels are turning
1: Yay. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Thought they and would. I just
4: signed your petition and shared it. I'm
1: Excellent. gonna sign that too. Okay. Yep. I will sign it too. <laughs>
4: all
1: right, guys. Well have a great night. God bless you, everybody. Um I will be live gosh, what is today? Thursday. I will be live Saturday night, me and Megan Walsh uh, re examined, going through Adam's files again. Uh this week I think we're gonna go over Otis Tool, the supposed murderer of Adam, mm-hmm. and we'll go through all the uh so called evidence that is Pointing to him as, as the one that murdered Adam. We don't think so. I'll just give you a hint. Uh, so we'll see you 11 o'clock Saturday <laughs> evening right here on Insight Channel. God bless. Have a great night. Take care.